Hello, and welcome back to PSA, a marching arts podcast. This week is back to the three of us in our apartment, and this week we are talking about what got us into DCI. This includes some of our favorite shows and experiences that we've had along the way. Thank you so much for listening, and here is our podcast. Incredible. I like that one. I like that one as well. Hey, Graham. Hey, Tony. What got you into drum corps and the marching arts and band? What a question. Um, Insert clock now. It's rolling. Dang it. Okay. (laughs) What got me into the marching arts and band and that kind of thing? So I guess if I were to go back to... It would be middle school would be kind of really the first time where I got, you know, more heavily involved in as far as like instruments and specific things um, involving, you know, more more specifically saxophone um, was my primary instrument. I was a tenor saxophone player and that's the instrument that I picked and I wish I would have picked percussion, honestly. (laughs) But that being said, uh, so I, I, yeah, I picked up a tenor saxophone and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And it was, it's so strange the way that my school did it. And I have never to this day heard the way of doing this, but the way that we would, um, you know, pick the instrumentation for our middle school program is we would draw out names of a hat. So basically if there were a certain number of people that wanted to be a saxophone, they would draw a name out of a hat. They would put your name in a hat, and they would pick out people's names. And if your name didn't get called for that instrument, you would get put in a different section. It was so. <laughs> it was wild. It was. It's just it, up to random chance. No, I seriously. Like, I was. I was like the second one picked, and they gave me the option. It's like Barry, uh, Barry sax, tenor sax, or alto sax. And I was like tenor sax. Why not? You know. Um, but there were. It was. It's just wild. And to this day, I'm just like. That wild amount of chance essentially got me to where I am today. Um, but, you know, I ended up playing <laughs> tenor saxophone. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I, when you started saying that, like, you won't believe how my school did this, I was expecting a million different things, and drawing names out of a hat wasn't one of them. I know! One thing higher on my list than that was, like, a Harry Potter method of, like, your director just gives you an instrument and says, go. Yeah. And if you, like, start playing and he's like, no, that's not right. And then he goes into this weird tangent of, like, the instrument chooses and the they, musician. And, and they like, still did, They still did like, testing to see, like, you know, especially with brass, it's like who, who, had, who they thought, you know, would have a better opportunity to buzz and that kind of thing. But, yeah, that's literally what it was, drawing a name out of a hat. Um, but fast forward um, – through middle school, play tenor sax in middle school, and then I get to high school. Um, you know, and our, our school did kind of a, like an introduction to marching band where it's like eighth grade night where we would bring in the eighth graders, um, you'd play the national anthem, and then you'd watch the marching band show. Um, from the moment that I saw that marching band show, my eighth grade year, I, I knew that I wanted to do that. And it was, it was, it was one of those things that like, I knew I wanted to do it. I didn't know what was going to go into it, which I don't think anybody does, you know, their first year. There's always that that freshman that comes in and is like, I hate band. This is stupid. Why am I doing things? <laughs> that was me. It's literally, why am I doing things athletic but also playing music? Um, you know, and so I went through two years of that. And then, you know, I went through a very, very traumatic 
um, experience because my director retired, and that was a big deal for me. And I think um, amongst that time, I wa- wanted to be section leader, as most people do at some point in their, their career. Um, and, you know, I ended up having a crossroads with the sport I was playing, which was soccer, and uh, doing marching band. And I, I, I ended up having this crossroads where this, this new director came in and basically we had one conversation where like I'm, I'm like struggling to pick which one I want to do. And he says, if you give it one more day, if you give it one more chance, I promise you won't regret it. And that really changed my life and really kind of set me on the path that it is today. Um, you know, um, in that time, in that high school time, um, because my high school is so close to Lucas Oil Stadium, um, we would do a field trip every year to DCI uh, semifinals, um, which is really, really cool. It's a really cool opportunity. I wish, you know, there were more schools that would, you know, consider doing something like this to bring, you know, students to, you know, an event like this uh, in the heart of um, the Circle, you know, the Circle City. Um, And so um, from then on, I think the first DCI show that I watched that I was just, I was so taken aback was Star of Indiana 1993. Just sitting there. Live? Uh, I, w- I wish. Um, no, but that, <laughs> that, that, that was the time f- travel. <laughs> Dude, I wish. Um, but that was the show that I saw on video for the first time that I was like, whoa, this is really, really sinking cool. Um, you know, uh, just hearing them, you know, go through, you know, Barber and, you know, just hearing Bar Talk and just hearing them play that and that opening is just to this day just gives me goosebumps. Um, but that being said, um, the one of the first, I guess, real, I think, experiences where I saw a, a drum corps live where I was like, holy smokes, was uh, watching the Cavaliers live with Mad World. Mm-hmm. That, that really, really took me aback a little bit as far as like the coordination, you know, and especially, you know, the, you know, the moment in the show, it's like, this is my rifle when literally the entire core is spinning a rifle. I was just like, holy smokes, that's awesome. You know? And uh, I, I think that that's what really kind of clued in my interest, um, into the activity and fast forward past high school. And, you know, I took my first year in college. I didn't really, um, you know, have an opportunity to do it. I was a tenor saxophone player. I did four years of indoor, um, you know, and I wanted, I originally had a planned on auditioning at Phantom in, uh, 2015 on bass drum, um, as, as well as auditioning for Matrix Indoor Percussion. But because of some, you know, I, I just don't think I was prepared enough and anything like that. So I ended up on cymbals at Matrix. Um, and then halfway through the season, this is the, the to this day, it's, I don't know how it happened, but I, you know, I was having a conversation with the visual caption hair, uh, head at Matrix, who creates all the drill. His name's Kevin Stahl. Um, he's been working at Blue Coats for a number of years, um, and so we were having a conversation one day, and it was 2015. So I was still enthralled with Tilt, as most bandos and you know band people in the community can attest. It's like, oh Tilt, oh my um, God Tilt, oh my Lanta Tilt. Um, so we're literally talking about it, and you know I wanted to pick his brain because like I'm that kind of you know I'm, I I want to know. And so I was like, what? So in working in a show like Tilt, that's just so incredibly out there. Like, what was your favorite part of the show? And his response to me was, you know, for working on a show for that long, I really don't have any idea. And so I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then he, he proposed the question. It's like, have you ever watched drum corps? And I was like, no, I've been around it. I've listened to it. You know, I've watched it. I love it, but I've never had the opportunity. And he goes, oh, well, 
you know, if we get an alternate very youth spot or an assistant conductor spot, I'll hit you up. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was one of those things that it's like when someone tells you that, you're just like, eh, that's probably not going to happen. That, you know, someone wouldn't do that for me. Um, so fast forward in April of 20, uh, 2015, um, I get this long message after WGI finals from him. And it's basically like, hey, I talked to you up to the core director. He'd really like to have a conversation with you. I think that they'd like to bring you on as an assistant conductor. And I'm just like, wait a minute, who, who are we talking about here? And he goes, oh, the Bluecoats. And I'm like, the Bluecoats. And he's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, what the heck? So I, I ended up sending in a video audition for conducting, which I had never done before up to that point. This is my first time conducting. And, you know, lo and behold, for the, the DCI 2014 silver medalist, and so I'm, I'm freaking out and it, the core director, go, like I'm literally standing ironically enough in Indianapolis, the city's like right near the state house. And I was hanging out with a friend and Dave Glasgow, the core director at the time says, Hey, can I call you? I'm like, sure. Why not? You know? And so Dave calls me on the steps and he's like, Hey, we'd really like to bring you on. And that's literally how I got into the blue coats. And so I had already had planned a, you know, a vacation and stuff. Um, and it, um, you know, I ended up showing two weeks into spring training, which was a, you know, a different kind of endeavor in itself. But yeah, that's my crazy story of how I got involved into DCI and, you know, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. But, Hell yeah. So Tony. Yeah. Well, I, how did um, you get involved in this crazy, amazing, awesome activity? And more specifically, what got you into DCI? Well, so I um, also did middle school band and such. Uh, I was originally, uh, so we also did like the instrument testing. I originally picked trumpet, uh, which was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> High five on that one, buddy. <laughs> and, um, but my middle school band director uh, was a tuba player. And she says, hey, so we have this many sixth graders, and we only have one tuba player signed up. So I need other tuba players. And another friend of mine, he and I were like really like absolutely best friends. Both decided, well, she needs tuba players. She is a tuba player. If we switch to tuba, she'll like us. Um, so Mrs. Zerman, if you're hearing this, uh, I love you, and I definitely switched to tuba so that you would like me more. Um, and so I, that's how I ended up on tuba was literally to get the band director to like me. Um, and, but I remember seeing like seeing our high school marching band a couple times and being like, Oh, that's really cool. I want to do that. And then I did. And like, wasn't really like, I was kind of pretty over marching band for most of high school. I was required to do marching band through high school. Um, and I went to Grand Ledge High School, which has, at the time, an incredibly strong concert program, uh, not a very strong marching program. Uh, we didn't really compete. We went to some some competitions. We went to a couple scholastic competitions in my time, but it was like maybe one or uh, maybe even two a year, not, not seriously competing. Um, and then went to Central Michigan University. Uh, for music ed, and I lived in the music residential college as a freshman, and so I lived with 
three other music majors. And one of them, when we first got to college, and he and I were both music ed tuba, he goes, he's trying to get to know me, and he goes, well, what's your favorite drum corps? And I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, like, what's your favorite drum corps? Like, the Blue Devils, or the Cavaliers, or the Cadets, or Santa Clara Vanguard. And I was like, those are all English words. And they mean nothing to me. He went to Plymouth Canton Educational Park. Wow. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. Like, he knew what drum corps was. He had followed, like, he had followed drum corps mm-hmm. since he was probably in, like, sixth grade band. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know what drum corps is? <laughs> he's like, you did a high school marching band, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and you're here for, like, as a tuba player, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what is, what? <laughs> so he sits me down and we watched a few drum corps videos and I was like, okay, I acknowledge that that exists. And there's like a few of those like compilation videos on YouTube of like top 10 drum corps moments in the 1990s. <laughs> um, uh, and those are all out there and they do an incredible service to 19 year old me. Um... <laughs> And, well, like, the moment that I was like, oh, that's really cool, was um, another friend of mine, uh, in, like, hearing about this, and hearing about that I had no clue what drum corps was, um, sat me down, and she goes, this is my favorite drum corps thing that exists, and it was a video of the Phantom Regiment playing Amazing Grace. Oh. And. Life-changing. 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 So I, like, I literally remember... Hearing that on YouTube, and I did one of those YouTube to MP3 rippers. Oh, the move. Oh, yeah, because this is 2014. So I ripped that audio from from um, YouTube and put it into my iTunes library, which are all very 2014, 2014 things for me to say now. Um, <laughs> uh, and I literally remember listening to that so many times and just being like, that is, like, that is, like, the sound that I want to have. That is, like, the power that I want to emulate as a musician. Um, and I was like, okay, well, that's really cool. Um, but, like, it's this, like, I never, like, got to this point of, like, okay, well, I, I can do that. Like, that is an option. It was like, oh, that's just a really cool thing. And then I had a, one of my friends who ultimately ended up becoming one of my roommates was, like, hey, um... I'm going to go audition for the Cavaliers. It's in Chicago, so it's only like five hours drive away from us. It's only like $150 to register an audition, which like, even if you just do it for the audition, like it's a way to get like a very different teaching pedagogy from what you're getting at school and in a collegiate setting. Um, So like, yeah, it's like $150 that includes food. So like we might have to pay like $30 each in gas and it would be a good weekend. And I'm like, sure, fine. So my friend brings me down to this Cavaliers audition. And like to prepare, I watched, they had like a vlog series from the summer of 2014. And I watched all of those. And I watched like a million Cavaliers videos. Um, and I showed up going, wow, this is going to be uh, really hard. And it's going to be fine. And then I got there and I was like, you know what? I like these people. And I got a call back. And I was like, I'll show up again. 
Uh, like, I don't know what it's going to turn into, but I'll show up again. I love the simplicity of it. I was like, uh. I'll show up again. I'll show up again. <laughs> I'm like, and my friend also got a call back. So I was like, cool. He decided that he wasn't going to continue auditioning. He didn't have the money to pay for that summer. So he just didn't, uh, he didn't go to another audition. Um, but I just kind of like in January, I showed up again and I got another call back. So in February I showed up again, uh, and I was offered an alternate position and I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> was it like one of those, you know, like, I didn't think I'd get this far. So like, yeah, it was like, it was, and that's exactly what it was. And it was like, I've never done like competitive, like competitive band in my life. I have no, like I don't know necessarily what I'm getting into. I know that it's gonna be like really intense. We're gonna rehearse a whole lot. Um, you opened Pandora's box. When oh, I real, <laughs> I I literally am like, my preparation. Like I literally remember being like, okay, so I have to work out a whole lot, and I remember just running, like multiple times a week, just running, like going to the gym and just running on the treadmill because I live in Michigan. It's the winter, um, and. It, and then, like, showing up to spring training and being clueless. <laughs> like, absolutely clueless. They're like, well, this is what our drill's like. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I had been rehearsing the music for a while. And, like, I was, like, pretty good at tuba uh, for, like, as a 19-year-old, um... And was like, like the, I had worked hard enough in the music that like, that wasn't very hard for me, but I was not a very strong visual performer as, um, indicated by my alternate status. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was just floored. Um, and I literally like, I remember like, I had no good friends that like had marched drum corps before. Um, I had a few like people that I knew from school that had marched drum corps, but no one that I like really had a whole lot of in-depth information that I had, like, just casually talked about this. Um, or, like, just had, like, a plethora of information about the activity. So then, like, I remember before the summer, I downloaded, uh, again, ripping YouTube MP3s. Classic. Uh, classic. classic. Uh, and I think I found, like, another, like, there's those, uh, like, infamous, like, video vaults mm. on, like, Google Drives, and I found one of them that was just audio files. Um, Something. And just downloaded... I downloaded any winning show since 1995. Brilliant. And any show that had gotten, like, above sixth place in the last, like, five years. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, like, listened to a bunch of, like... Oh, and then, like, I think, like, the top 12 from, like, 2014, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and listened to a bunch of shows. And I remember, like, having, like, I had huge pockets of, like, not knowing anything. Like, I literally remember a friend being, like, oh, well, yeah, the Blue Devils win all the time. That's just kind of a thing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I just, like, I, I, I didn't know. You were just like, like yeah. Um, I had a friend that was, like, Oh, yeah, I have this other friend who marches at the Blue Knights. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> I literally showed up to audition, to, like, to spring training at the Cavaliers, and I didn't know who the Blue Knights were. They just had never been on my radar. Didn't, didn't exist for me. They were a ghost. They, they were, like, that, like, yeah. Um, and, like, and, like, talking about the, like, 
how judging works, and all these things, I was clueless. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of, like, I fell in love with it, but I also had, like, I had, at what at the time, felt like a really, really good experience for me uh, at the Cavaliers. There's things that, like, looking back upon aren't necessarily my favorite things. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely kind of went from 0 to 100 in my experience. Uh, <laughs> took 2016 off to, uh, to work and make money and uh, <laughs> physically and mentally recover. Mm -hmm. And then... 2017 ultimately decided to march with the Boston Crusaders. Uh, had a phenomenal summer. Me and Tony marched in the same summer. We did, and I mean 2015 as well. It's true. Um, I worked. After aging out, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be part of drum corps in some way. And I remember like emailing Boston and being like, I'm just starting to learn photography. And Julia, bless her heart, she's still there was like, okay, well, here's some things that you should work on. I've, like, I, like, barely picked up a camera at this point and was like, here's some photos that I took in full auto settings on a kit lens. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I, because it was literally, like, November of 2017 that I started to learn photography um, and was doing it for my school of music and, like, doing a whole lot of it. And then I ended up at, like, I don't know how, I, I didn't deserve it. I ended up at the Madison Scouts. Uh, <laughs> and, like, by some blessing. Um, uh, and was not good by, like, so many standards. I recently was looking through photos from spring training of 2018 with Josh. And, like, a lot of my photos were just bad. And I published them that way. <laughs> As the Madison Scouts. And... Like, I've grown a lot since. Truly. Uh, truly. <laughs> truly, we truly Tony. <laughs> um, for those who can't see, which is all of you, um, Josh has three pillows stacked on top of his head. Um, and I'm balancing them. Poorly. Oh, no, I'm not. Nope. It's like Josh's Jenga skills. So, Josh, um, how did you end up doing this? How did you, how did you get here? What did you do? Okay. Jesus. Tony just hit me in the face, uh, for those of you who can't see, which is all. With a pillow, with a pillow. So, uh, my elementary school actually had band. So, I started band in fourth grade. I actually started on the flute, surprisingly. I love that for you. There was a cute girl who also played flute, and mm -hmm. I was like, huh. Might as well. You were a, f um, a flautist. And then by the end of the fourth grade, I was over it, so I switched to saxophone and didn't look back. So played that all throughout um, middle school and high school. And then in high school, it was like the end of my freshman year. I didn't do marching man my freshman year. thought it was dumb. Um, I played football. Um, and I was talking to my band director about auditions for the next year. I wanted to do better. We had four bands. I was in like one of the bottom two, I wanted to get better and, like, place better, I guess, um, so I could play harder music and challenge myself more. And she said, you know, a lot of the kids above you are in marching band, so they get a lot more time on their instrument than you do. Um, they're just playing more. And so you should consider marching band. And I was still kind of, like, iffy about it. So um, it was, like, the end of my freshman year, and they locked me in a room with one of our brass captains, uh, Garrett Kenyon, who marched Troopers 2012. I don't know if any of you know him, but if you do, cool. 
on. He basically just sat in there and convinced me to do marching man, told me all like the benefits of it and like how great it is being a part of that team and stuff. So I decided to ditch football and I did um, marching man my sophomore year and I fell in love with it. Um, and then I heard about this cool thing called DCI and my band director showed me a video of cadets 2011, uh, angels and demons. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. I could, I think I could like dig that. So I went to the DCI premiere in theaters in 2012, saw a lot of great shows and I was still like not still on the fence a little bit. Um, and I think it was like really big, loud and live that year where I got to see like the top 15 in a row that I was really convinced like, okay, drum corps is cool. So I kept doing marching band the next year. I was a section leader for my junior year. And that was when I really started getting into DCI. I went to uh, my first live show drums along the Rockies in Denver. And that year was stacked. Uh, I got to see Vanguard blue devils crown and Blue Knights 2013 all in a row. And that was the moment I truly fell in love with the activity. Like, how can you not? I got to see Les Miserables um, rewrite E equals MC squared and the circle one um, all in a row. And it was great. And that's when I like truly fell in love with the activity. But I, you know, I'm a saxophonist. So it was one of those things where I kind of wanted to learn a new instrument. And my band director was always like, you want to do this professionally, you want to like major in saxophone, you should just focus on saxophone. You shouldn't spend a summer like learning a different instrument. You should focus your time on your primary instrument. And, you know, that was kind of like hard to accept, but I, I am glad I did that though. Um, I think I did a lot better in college because of it. So I get to college, I've kind of given up like the dream of marching drum course. So I'm just like a fan. And then after my freshman year of college, um, this opportunity popped up uh, from the Blue Devils as a they were looking for a social media intern, and I figured, I like social media. I take some photos. Why not? So I applied, uh, did the interview process and everything, and I didn't get it, but as soon as I knew that that was like an avenue for me to participate in this activity, I decided I want to do this. So I emailed literally every core that wasn't in the top 12 just to see if they had any openings available or, like, any desire to, like, bring on someone to do social media. And, like, a couple days later, I hear back from the Seattle Cascades, and, like, two weeks after that, I'm on a plane to Seattle to work with them for the summer. And I spent that summer with the Cascades. It was a great summer. Uh, Really, like, cemented this idea that I want to be involved in drum corps in any way I can, and the way that I can is by doing media. So in 17... I decided to go back to the Cascades, and I went on a uh, tour with them again. And about halfway through, the uh, cadets, uh, their photographer had to leave tour. And so I got a call from my friend Katie, who uh, was the marketing person at YEA. And she called me up and said that they're looking for a photographer. They like my work. Uh, I've, you know, experienced in the activity. Would I like to be a photographer for the cadets for the last couple of weeks of tour. And of course I said yes. So in San Antonio, I literally just hopped on board with the cadets and spent the rest of the season with them. Uh, and then I went into 18 with the intention of going back. And obviously like 
the stuff with the cadets happened, so I didn't really know where I'd end up going. But after a while interviewing for several other organizations, I ended up going back to the cadets. Uh, and I know I'm getting, I'm getting like way farther along than just like what got me into the activity, but I never marched. So I guess like the way I got into the activity was just finding something that I could contribute. <coughs> uh, and like, honestly, I'm kind of glad, like I flipped back and forth about whether I wanted to like, whether I regret not marching, but I think I am more valuable to an organization doing like social media and photography than I ever would have been playing a horn. So honestly, like, I got involved by just, like, seeking out opportunities and finding a way to become involved that wasn't necessarily as a marching member, and I'm really happy for it. Uh, I really love what I do, and I've gotten to be a part of some really amazing ensembles just by taking photos and posting funny things on Twitter, so I think that's cool. Josh, you know what one of my favorite things about your story is? Is there's a moment in there where you said um, you had kind of, like, the, the self kind of the the self to self moment where you were like you know what I'm content if I'm not involved in this activity and I kid you not I literally that way. I I had the same exact situation and as a senior in high school like I was a tenor saxophone player and I was like there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this like it's not feasible like I would have to do something different and then things happened to where I ended up in it yeah you know it just it just happened and it's cool that you kind of just get drawn into it that yeah. way. And it's like, it's funny because a lot of people would ask me, um, it stopped kind of like this past season, but previous seasons when I was still of marching age, people would always ask me like, do you regret not marching or like, would you rather have marched your age out like somewhere than just doing media? Mm -hmm. And it took me like a while to, I guess, just be confident and saying, no, like I'm really happy with my involvement in the activity. Uh... Sure, I don't get to say I marched anywhere, but I'm really happy with the time I've spent in the activity, with who I've spent it with, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I'm really happy with what I've done in the activity, and I might not have marched, but it's cool getting to, you know, capture the experiences of those who have. So, Josh, I got a question for you, and Tony, if you want to feel free to hop in. All right, I'm going to ask you three questions. Your favorite show from 1990 to 1999 your favorite show from 2000 to 2009, and then your favorite show from 2010 to 2019. Oh, God. So three different decades, favorite show. Hell, yeah. Okay, so I think the easy answer is Star 93. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to say Star 93. Oh, well. I'm going to say Cadets 93. Oh! That show's a banger. (laughs) And also, like, if you think about it, that's the show that caused Star to, like, quit. <laughs> if you think about it, that was the show where Star is just like, screw this, we're going to do Blast. <laughs> so that's like, it's like, it's cool. Like, it's historically a cool show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the music of it. Like, how can you not love cadets playing ballet sacra? Um, and they were just cranking the entire oh, yeah. show. Like, everything cadets in the 90s is just straight up exactly what you think about traditional cadets shows. Just straight up run and gun, badass music, like, mm-hmm. badass drill. Like, everything you love about the cadets is from the 90s uh, and, like, 2000s. Um, 2000s, I would say I really like The Boxer. Uh, that's uh, a really Knockout. Knockout, yeah. yeah. Boxer's in it. Um, What's another good show? Spartacus. Yeah, Same I like Spartacus. Year. I liked um, Cadets 2005. Uh, 
The Zone. I mm-hmm. thought that's a fantastic show. It won that year, right? Yeah. It took yeah. me a while to, like, really love that show. It was when I started working for the cadets that I, like, started really getting invested in cadets, like, history and learning all the cadets shows. And, honestly, 2005, I keep going back to you. Cadets 2000 is also an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, if you haven't seen Cadets 2000, that is a like show. That's America show, correct? Um, that's, like, it's, like, a future... I don't know the exact title. I just know that it's a good show. I know, like, years. I don't, yeah. I'm not good with titles. What show? Right. Um, Cadets 2000. And then 2010s. This is really hard because I love a lot of shows in the 2010s. It's also the era I'm most familiar with. We are with. the future. We are the future, Cadets yeah. 2000. It's like I know it's a future show. <laughs> that show's badass, though. Um, 2010s, I really love Cabaret Voltaire. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. Um... I just, the music in it is so good. Mm-hmm. Rewrite is also another show that I just absolutely adore. Um, God, there are so many. There are just so many good shows recently. Into the Light is another one. Mm-hmm. I think if you had asked me, like, if there's any show that I wish I could go back in time and, like, take photos of, Into the Light, by far. Like, yeah. that show's beautiful. Music's beautiful. Uniforms are beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. percussion was cranking. Like, that is a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's way more than just three. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's so many shows that I love that's hard to just go down, like, narrow down to three. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I got down, like, you mentioned as far as, like, the 90s go, I would definitely say Star 93 just because it, it had that kind of impact on, you know, who I am. 91, too. And now, oh, my gosh. Uh, so, side story. My, I found out, like, literally talking about drum corps in class because I was that high school bando, um, my, my chemistry teacher, someone who I didn't know knew music at all, was in the color guard for Star of Indiana in 92 and 93. Oh, hell yeah. It was crazy. insane. I literally lost, I had that, like, you know, moment. Oh um, but um, that being said, I would, from, from 2000 to, to 2009, is just, it, it's, a, it's a tough range. Um, you know, a, a, a big show that comes to mind, um, definitely is, uh, um, The Machine, Cavaliers and the Machine. Oh, hell, um, like everything oh early 2000s goodness. cabbies, oh, like anything in the 2000s Cavaliers, um, holy crap. Just some of the stuff that they were the doing. The Cavaliers just owned the decade. D- seriously, just especially the drill design is just unreal. Like, uh, <laughs> Michael Gaines d- is uncompared. D- d- seriously. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> you can, like. The, the, there, uh, to this day, like even watching those videos, that's like obviously the low resolution video, but it's just seamless. Like just the way that they do it, and it just the intensity that they do it is just unreal. Um, you know, uh, Spartacus is obviously an incredible show and just an incredible story to you know to go into finals, you know, behind and then win the whole thing is just, oh yeah, it's unreal. And I think a lot of people don't realize they were like. Wasn't it like fifth place going into finals week or something it, like that? Uh, yeah. They jumped quite a bit yeah. the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it was a dogfight all the way until the end. And it, to me, that's just, it's a testament to what the show, you know, really, really was. Um, you know, obviously, I've got some close ties to the knockout, you know, Blue Coats 2008. Um, it was just an incredible show. And just, to me, one of my favorite moments in the entire show is the bass feature where they're sitting there and the boxer is practicing with the... Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of... It's it's just, to me, I think it really put Blue Coats kind of down a trajectory of doing something kind of cool, kind of different. I remember, like, when I first watched that show a couple years ago, I was like, wow, this is... It feels like a modern show. Yeah. It doesn't feel dated at all. It doesn't feel like a 2000 show. It feels like... 
it still holds up today as like a modern take on drum corps. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like part of the blue coats is always being like forward thinking. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool that you could see it that far back. Yeah. And I think, I think as far as like 2010 to 2019 goes, uh, there's so many good shows, you know, obviously close ties to downside up, you know, um, it just, to be on the other side of that. And, you know, it's funny cause Zach Ashcraft took a video, um, and posted it for the couchman. Um, watching the crowd finals night. And to this day, just any time that I see that video come up, I have to repost it. It just gives me goosebumps every time because I've I've never had that experience like that, you know, just being able to, you know, stand there like that. But as far as, like, a spectator goes, watching Babylon time and time again, to me, like, like, I have never had a show live like that where I just I didn't have the words you know like and it just even there standing on the field for the encore run truly to this day is a moment first of all that I got to see my best friend Carl Huang on the podium uh for his age out we love Um, you Carl we love you Carl um we love you Carl (laughs) (laughs) and it just it just like watching it every single time to me, especially the closer, when they put on the closer, like, I, I literally had a moment where, um, you know, I had talked to my, uh, one of my uh, uh, now bosses at Vanguard, um, you know, I, I looked at her in Memphis, Tennessee, I remember vividly in 20, 2018, and I looked at her as I'm working for DCI, and I said, is the new ending on? Because I knew about it, you know, you knew it was coming. Yeah. And, and so I literally look at her, and I say, is the new ending on? And I just see her nod. And immediately just got goosebumps. Just like, just one of those shows that to me is a, a very much a decade kind of show that you're not going to see, you know, in a decade. So, yeah, I remember when I first saw that show in Kansas that year, and like that was the one show where I was like, I need to see this, and I rushed into the stands after Cadets performed, and it's one of those just like you can't take your eyes off it, like you're just wowed by it. It was yeah. so good. And uh, it's like one of those shows where I saw it in Kansas and I was like, that's winning. <laughs> like, not <laughs> no, even saying that. It was yeah. just like, that's a winner. Yeah. That's a championship show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are shows that you like just know straight out. Like when I first saw Blue Coats 2016, I just knew it was going to win. Yeah. I saw it at the DCI premiere and I was like, that's winning. Mm-hmm. That just broke the activity. That changed the activity forever. Yeah. That's a winning show. Um, and I think there's a lot of shows that you can just look at like, wow, that, that one right there is special mm-hmm. and you can just tell from the very first viewing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Hell yeah. Tony, what about you? So I don't watch a whole lot of drum corps shows, especially Gasp. historically. <laughs> yeah. Mo- I mean, like most of the band that I watch is through the eyepiece of my camera. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so sorry. Um, Boo. So sorry. Are you bluing or are you booing? Blue. <laughs> um, but like also part of like literally not knowing drum corps existed until 2014, the very end of 2014, mm-hmm. uh, like after the summer was over, like I haven't seen a whole lot of old shows. Um, so I'm picking from a very limited number of shows that I've seen. I would have to say the 90s would be... 97 Madison, mm. um, the Pirates show. Yar. I love that. Very good show. Yar. It's a very good show. I don't think I've seen that show. Actually. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so a um, little bit of uh, trivia knowledge. So the Scouts have that one sword they have in the lots. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Horn Line has this sword in the lot. 
Um, it was... So they had, there's a sword fight between, like, two guard members that were pirates. Um, but And, like, with these two prop swords that they had done all season. And at semis or finals, um, they replaced one of those prop swords with the Hornline sword. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you can, on the DVD, see the prop sword, hit the Hornline sword, and bend around it. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, it was like a really like light metal sword and it just goes and it, I mean it doesn't like wrap around it, but you watch it go, you watch it like really take a hit. Because the the hornline sword is a legitimate heavy sword. Like it's real. I have held it. It is not to be messed with. Um not to be trifled with. Not to be trifled with. And that, in 1997 that prop sword trifled with it and uh lost. <laughs> I bet uh, that was a couple doubloons to replace that. It was finals. It was gone. Was that show R-graded? No. Um, <laughs> any of the good ones? Do you have any more? Uh, yar! That's about it. That's all I got. <sighs> okay, okay, so 2000, 2009, what you got? I was thinking you were saying 2001, 2010, because then I was going to say Mad World. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But um, 2000, 2009... I have to say Machine. Great show. Brilliant. Extraordinary show. Um, Yeah. Uh, That's another show that, like, could be done, like, a decade. I mean, maybe not now, but, like, if that same exact show was put on the field in, like, 2013, 14, 15, it would still very much, like, have a place in the activity. It's another show I think is underrated. What is that? Samurai. That show's awesome. Oh, Extraordinary. Um, no, that's a different show. That is a, But not in that decade. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the popular answer uh, and say in the 2010s, my favorite show is Babylon. Uh, Respectable. Res- yeah. Like, I literally get chills every single time I watch The Closer. It's so good. It's like, Babylon has this perfect combination of being like an incredible show and so incredibly clean that like a lot of my favorite shows historically like you're like oh I love to watch this show because it's like a great show but like it's not perfect Mm -hmm. it's not like so incredibly clean um uh but then I like watch like recordings of Babylon or like in the summer watching Babylon I remember just screaming um, I watched it in Atlanta and then at finals, both during the regular run and the encore, I think, um, because it was 2018. So I had all the finals day free, essentially mm-hmm. or all of the late afternoon free, at least. Um, and oh my God, it's just so good. It's just like, it's the- just like, that's just good band. It really is. Like it's, it's 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 one of those things that it just your jaw drops every time that you, you know you see like you see something new every time, you know yeah. like even from the moment that like, you know they have people jumping off the props and like you know like don't call it, also that. can we yeah. talk about how great those props were oh yeah oh like, yeah that would be the best uh, utilization of props yeah ever in this activity like it's so simple too it's like. 
They're boxes. Russian, They're boxes yeah, that go inside each other. A Russian nesting doll of boxes, mm-hmm. but they were implemented so perfectly. You can do so much with them. Mm-hmm. You can change the staging of the entire field just by like undoing these boxes or putting them all together. Like crazy, Brilliant. so good. Brilliant. And then the uniforms was like perfectly like minimalist and ah, I don't know. Like even like the minute details of that show are just fantastic. Okay, mm. here's a question for all of you. Yeah, we can wrap this up. What is your favorite moment personally from your time working in the activity or like being a part of the activity? Being, oh God! All right, I can, I can start this so we can, kind of continue to wrap things up. I I would still to this day I just, uh, I guess, t- there's two moments that really stick out. And the first one is definitely 2015, the first time stepping on that field in those uniforms, the the iconic blue coat uniform. Like, I have goosebumps right now. Just the first time hearing blue. Like, I, it's funny because it's a meme. You know, it's, it's something that people joke about all the time. But, like, being a performer of the Blue Coats organization and hearing that as a performer is unlike anything that I've ever experienced, ever. You know, and I know that the Blue Coats, you know, any performer at the Blue Coats could probably say the same thing. But I, w- I would probably say 2016, the closer. Um, standing there for the last minute and a half of the show and watching every single person stand up for the last minute of the show, to me, is just one of the craziest and most insane experiences that I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, my favorite moment has to be by far Allentown 2018. Oh, God, it was so cool. Um, so we we went on second to last, I think, and uh, it's a home show for us. You know, cadets are based out of Allentown, and that season was such a shit show dumpster fire. You can ask anyone that marched that year or worked that year. Cadets twenty eighteen was just hard. It was mentally draining. Well, it was just a tough season, and it wasn't like. But I mean, there, I want to say it wasn't a single person's fault. It was a single person's fault, but like it wasn't a single person it that was, was like on the road that summer's mm-hmm. fault. Yeah, it yeah. was just a lot. Wrong for an and so we too. get into Allentown, and they're they're playing the show. We get to the big hit in the ballad, and suddenly standing ovation, and the crowd just starts screaming and cheering for like the last two and a half minutes of the show, and. I think that was the one time I've just, like, put my camera down and just took it in. And just, it was deafening. Like, that was the loudest crowd I've ever heard. Like, louder than finals night. Like, just being in the stadium for that on the sideline. um, Watching people, like, in tears. Just because they were so supportive of the cadets just making it that far. Nobody thought we'd even, like, get that far. A lot of people didn't think we'd even, like, field a core that year. And so, like... That moment just made everything over the past, like, two months worth it. Um, Like, that is still... I see that video pop up, and, like, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me want to cry. Like, that is... by. I don't think anything will ever beat that moment for me, no matter what happens in the future. Like, that right there is probably the best moment. One of the best moments in my life, and just, like, by far the best moment I've ever been a part of in this activity. So, yeah, that, that was just such a special night. And, yeah, I can't can't even like put in words to it like it was so good i just remember standing on the field um for that and working for dci because i did a live stream of you guys oh yeah you were there the field and like even like you talking it's just 
one of the most powerful and emotional experiences that I've ever seen in this entire activity, primarily just be, like just just even thinking about the closure and the Z pole and just I, I sobbed. I, I legitimately sobbed for the entire show and just seeing the performers come off the field was just magical. So Tony, what you got? I have a couple. Hit me. Um so I would have to say both of them in twenty seventeen. Um I I really just kind of want to say just like finals of 2017 um, and kind of like it hit me that um, like, oh, I actually like I actually just did this. Mm-hmm. Like I actually just like and it was such a like it felt like such like this personal redemption arc of like actually marching after being an alternate for a full summer and not marching a single show uh, and then like coming back and like I had like really bad sprained my ankle. I was having sciatica flare ups. I marched every single show of my age out. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I like, I refused to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like feeling like, okay, I like, I, I did this. And then going from like being part of the ensemble that went from this core that, barely made finals in 2016 mm-hmm. that like literally at prelims was in 13th place. It was and, unreal and passed Madison yeah. at, at semifinals by like a 10th of a point or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and like going from an ensemble that was a, like a 12th place ensemble, barely to being in sixth, um, was like, it was kind of like this culmination of like this, this like season of like so many incredible things happening with the crusaders so many things happening like really well within like my personal like marching narrative that like i just felt like and the, and having a show that was so well loved it was so dynamic it was like people like people like, still now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I aged out Boston 17, and I still get, like, that was an incredible show. Oh, my God, I love that show. It was my favorite show of the year. That was, like, one of my favorite shows of this decade. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> and that was, like, so, like, the culmination of that season into finals night um, was just, like, I, I'm i pretty sure I cried. Mm-hmm. I know I cried. Um... <laughs> um I cried a lot. Um, And one that's, I guess, maybe shows a more not as good of a side of my personality um, because I'm a competitive person was the day that we passed the cadets in 2017. (laughs) That Um, was a wild day. (laughs) That was a wild day. And we had a bad show. Like, I literally remember getting off the field and I was like, I felt okay by that. And the the visual caption had being like, yeah, we can't have something like that ever again. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, like, he's like, this was bad. Like, your energy was not there. And like, listed things. And I can't remember all of the details. But like, I remember the ensemble getting roasted. And feeling kind of bad about it. And being like, okay, well, like, we've been kind of gaining on the cadets. But like, we'll probably, we might go down today. That's fine. Um... And I had this, like, uh, the membership of the Cavaliers has this, like, 
almost like rivalry mentality with a few other cores, and one of those cores was the cadets. Um, Fair. Like, fueled by the entire 2000s, probably. Um, So I remember just, like, I had no friends that were marching the cadets, so, like, I had just this internal, like, I still had this, like, built-in rivalry feeling about the cadets. Um, That it felt like, oh my god, I did this. Like, we did this. Um, And that was, like, this, like, on-top-of-the-world moment. That we had been, that like, it was the first time that like, having done, done all of this work for all of this time, and we had like a lot of like, okay, well like, the audience likes it, or our scores are going up, or like all of these things, that mm-hmm. was the first like, milestone mm-hmm. for me of the summer, that was like, we just like, we just did something legitimate mm-hmm. on this day. Uh, that was the first time that it felt like, okay, well not only are we like, having a good summer, but like, we did that. Mm-hmm. Like, all caps, we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were, like, the defining moments. Probably two of my, like, peak moments in the activity. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Love that. It was sweet. It was We've been fun. talking for a long time. We have. But it's easy to talk when you... It's like talking about something we love. So, you know, it's really cool to, like, just talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I enjoy talking about... I hope you guys... Obviously, you guys enjoy talking about something you love, too. Oh, I can talk about band for days. Absolutely. Yeah. Or else we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. And, like, if you guys, like, have, you know, like, in the future, when this is eventually posted, it's like, tell us about your favorite shows. In the in present, your... when you're listening to this, and it has been posted. Exactly. <laughs> don't, don't listen to what I said. Uh... But if you, if you, you know, just let us know, like, what moments, you know, shaped who you are and, you know, what drum corps moments, you know, um, made you want to do the activity, what moments, you know, inspired you to keep doing it, and what moments, you know, um, are the moments that changed your life, so. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of PSA. If you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at PSA underscore podcast, on Instagram at Pretty Stacked Podcast, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pretty Stacked Podcast. If you liked this episode, we would be so appreciative if you shared it online or sent it to a friend, maybe even someone who might have a story to share along the lines of what we talked about tonight. Also, if you could rate us on Apple Podcasts, that would help us a lot. We're starting to get a little bit better at this, but the podcast is still very new and every single little thing helps us so much. PSA is produced and hosted by Graham Hopkins, Josh Clements, and Tony McCracken. It is edited by me, Tony McCracken, and the music is by the extraordinary Chase Bartholomew. Thank you once again, and we'll see you next week.